3: thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself depending on the subject matter and your needs.
1: are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week this is the place you go to when you want to learn what it's like to be a researcher of the paranormal from Bigfoot to shadow people. I mean, anything and everything out of the ordinary. People just like you or I are coming here to share their personal encounters, their research, their curiosities, and I'm sharing them here on the show. So you get to see what it's like to interview people or hear their stories firsthand about what is going on in their lives. This is the way that we figure this stuff out. Piecing it together and taking in the signs and noting the patterns. And hopefully you're enjoying it as much as I am in being able to actually come up with solutions to help people get along better in their lives if they have something that is more on the horrific side and also to give people hope if it is something on the positive side. So you go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com and tell me about what it is that's on your mind, what you want to hear on this program. Ask your questions, give your insight, and we'll go from There and don't forget the more details, the better. And you guys are in for quite the treat today because I have Drew Banky who's going to be joining us discussing his practices in medicinal medicine of the spiritual kind and also of his near death experiences and connections to the aliens out there in our universe. You know, speaking of (laughs) some of the darker things, it seems to be heavily this program leans in that direction about the dark, the mysterious. And, you know, I've even complained a few good times about how I prefer to talk about the positive. I prefer to talk about the lighter stuff because, my goodness, it is, uh, it's nicer to give hope instead of the doom and gloom stories. But... I am always appreciative that people send in their doom and gloom stories because we've got to, of course, remedy those things as well. But sometimes I think it's appropriate to shed light on these more enlightening stories and to let people know that the good stuff, it's happening in clusters and clumps all over the globe. Now, I've shared that I have a book called Jesus is No Joke, and um I was quite a skeptic <laughs> when, uh, I had my own encounters with Jesus. I mean, I know what it sounds like. I mean, what? <laughs> I, and, and I honestly was like, how and why could this happen to myself? But after meeting him, it was like, well, of course it could happen to anybody. And I kept getting these raised eyebrows like, no, Heidi, no. <laughs> uh, but then, when I actually started getting out and talking about this stuff, I would have the interesting stories on the side of people letting me know that they experienced Jesus too. And then I started seeing more stories online and I'm like, look, it's happening everywhere. Jesus is a huge presence in the world today, just as much as there are negative Uh, things going on in the world too in all honesty i believe this is the battle of all battles happening in the privacy of people's own homes and their lives and their dreams and just letting us know that these things are active and jesus is highly active as well so i want to get into some of the stories that i've come across in that regard especially being that we just celebrated Easter. I think it's uh, a great timing to do this and uh, sprinkle a little hope out there. All right. So these stories I gathered from a website called trustinginjesus.com and it's no uh, secret that I'm I'm quite Christian. Yes. And, uh, I have to be to battle the darkness. I mean, come on, we're going to give more credit to the darkness versus the good side. I mean, there's no way I'd be able to stand here and uh, be able to do what I do without having such a huge positive force on my side to smack shadow people and hat man down. Um, so (laughs) anyways, all right, I want to get to some of these stories here and, um, This first one is from Don in the United States. And it says, I used to consider myself an atheist. Eventually, I grew more spiritual after personal experiences. After months of considering Christianity, I had this dream in April of 2022. So this just happened. I was in my yard among hundreds of other people who were partying and drinking out of the typical red Solo cups. The music was loud and felt like it was building up towards something as if in anticipation. I went from person to person attempting to tell them something I I felt was very important. Some listened, others mocked or made fun of my words. I don't remember everything I said, but the last thing I said to someone was, they're trying to control you. At that moment, the music built to its climax. Everyone, including myself, turned towards the music and over the tree line, an image of Jesus Christ rose alongside a bright orb of light. The image of the orb, which seemed to be both one yet separate, gently made their way into the back door of my house. I followed behind, but there was nobody else left by the time I made it inside, only the littering of red Solo cups on the ground. Oh, that's different. I I think uh, on this website, what I'm seeing here, some of these are visions, and some of them are dreams. So the next one comes from Harold in the United States. I love these types of stories. I don't know about you guys, but I love it. Uh, It said, I had been to Houston and was returning home to Fort Worth between 9 and 10 a.m. When I looked to the east, and there was Jesus in a cloud, so vivid and detailed, it was not to be denied. He had his right hand outstretched, and it was the sun. I asked my cousin from the other side of the family to stop as I wished for him to share it with me, but he kept driving Jesus did not look at me or the sun, but directly straight ahead. It was New Year's Day, and throughout my life, the vision has meant various things to me as I've grown older. Oh, cool. I've told many about it, but they don't have an explanation as to why I experienced the vision. All I know is Jesus is with us, and he is omnipotent. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. All right, so this one comes from Lucille in the Philippines. Cool. I'm talking to some neighbors I didn't get along well with because I am the type of girl who locks herself in the house all day. Then we went to take a picture. At our house, I saw a group of girls talking in a tree to help erase black spots. I helped my mother clean some houses and saw that the owner was being a bully to her, and my mom cried, and I almost couldn't believe it. Then, a guy found me when I left my room. He's a handsome guy that flashes white teeth. He shows me a paper with names on it, including my mother and me. Something like a religious group. Then he smiled and started talking to me. I saw that he was somewhat transparent, like a ghost walking. He's emitting sun rays and glowing. That's not irritating the eyes. And I concluded he must be a priest. And he just smiled at me. Then I found myself in a large room where a speaker gave medals and took pictures, so I assumed it was somewhat of a recognition day. There was a girl asking the crowd, and a guy came in for a statement about Jesus, and his message actually was similar to mine. The speaker said it was Jesus who approached me. I was so shocked and happy, delighted rather. I kept talking to people, making them write their names on the cell group for them to see Jesus and to have a deeper relationship with him. Wow. That's amazing. All right. Uh, Here's another story. These give me goosebumps. I love it. This comes from Wesley out of Brazil. I was in the middle of thousands and thousands of people. They were running away from something, and some heavy storm was happening in the background. When the storm stopped... I looked to the sky and I saw Jesus levitating above the roof of my home. I could only see his feet, but I could tell for sure that it was Jesus. I started to think things like, oh my God, Jesus of Nazareth is in my home. And I began to feel an inner peace. I also began to worry if God would punish me or take me to heaven. And then I woke up. Oh, I love this. Love, 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 love this. Isn't this more (laughs) inspiring than uh, some of the darker stuff? But hey, all right, we have a balance. We have a balance here. All right. And this one comes from Demi in the United States. And she says, my dream was in 2014, a time when my brother was going through a tough time with drugs. In my dream, I was on a roller coaster. I somehow knew that we were going to die. All of a sudden, the coaster failed and we fell to our deaths. Hmm. Immediately, my spirit left my body, and I was flying over marshy swamp water, and I flew straight to Jesus. He was magnificent and glowing white. I said, I feel like you don't hear my prayers, and you're not with me. He assured me that everything with my brother would be okay. I hugged him and still remember that feeling of his belt. I told him he was a good friend. I probably should have said a lot more, lol. He then sent me back. I woke up and felt such joy. Real life, after a hard fight with heroin and alcohol, my brother was living in swampy Florida. He had been doing really good, but got caught up in drugs again. Oh, no, this is terrible. He died suddenly in a car accident on December 22, 2018. In retrospect, I feel like this was given to me to remember that Jesus said it was going to be okay. I believe he is talking about my brother's soul and he is safe now with Jesus. I missed my brother after he died and I turned to alcohol and was angry with God. However, I am back in my walk and look forward to seeing my brother again. You know, we need these stories. We do. (laughs) Because hope and God and Jesus and whatever is positive in your life, we need that balance. Uh, wanted to share that today. Don't forget, go to HeidiHollis.com and send me your stories and things that you'd like me to highlight. And hey, if you want me to dig more into miracle stories or visions, I am all about it. All right, we are going to get to Drew Banky. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I want to remind everybody to go to my main website, which is heidihollis.com, and tell me what's on your mind out there and suggest what topics you'd like me to address here on this program. As promised, I have a fabulous guest. I have Drew Banky, or better known as Blue Thunder Man. He is not only an Iraqi Freedom War veteran and medicine man, but holds such Native American distinctions as Sundancer and Sacred Pipe Carrier. Also carrying the South American name of Aguila Cosmica, or Cosmic Eagle. He's widely considered a master of plant medicine, and Drew is the co-founder of Sacred Journeys Within, a non-profit plant medicine church. Now, having had near-death experiences and several ET contacts and being a caretaker of the crystal and star altar... This has fostered a relationship with off-planet intelligence. He is also the author of I'm Perfect and So Are You and Find Your Inner Guru. You can find his information at sacredjourneyswithin.com. And I'd like to give a warm welcome to our guest here, Drew Banke. How are you doing there, Drew?
2: I'm doing great, Heidi. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah. So you've got a a fascinating background. I mean, first off, you know, thank you for your service as a veteran and, uh, and you've had some rather unique experiences that, uh, kind of run the gamut from near death experiences to ET contact. But I always like to get to, you know, how did somebody get involved in something like these topics to begin with?
2: Well, it was, um, you know, through my own healing, Heidi, um, through the PTSD from uh, two tours in Iraq, um, led me with uh, severe PTSD, and it culminated with a suicide attempt in 2014. And from 2014 to 2016, I went through the VA healthcare system, which um, really didn't pan out very well for me, and eventually led me to ayahuasca. And um just kind of stumbled onto my path I think I think that's the story with a lot of us you know is I think that if you find your true path it's it's something that you kind of stumble upon it's nothing that you really set out to do um and this was nothing that I never you know if you would have met me in 2015 or 14 or something like that you would have never guessed that you'd be talking to this person that you are talking to now is two totally different uh lifetimes you know
1: Wow, amazing. So you were looking to heal yourself. Uh, I, I've had a lot of patients that go through the process of uh, um, exploring ayahuasca, among other things, and and then coming out the other end totally changed. And this sounds like what it was that you experienced as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um... You know, I, I I just was looking for relief. I didn't, I didn't know how it was gonna come. I knew there was a spiritual side to ayahuasca going into my first couple of ceremonies, but man, just had no idea. You know how how deep it went and how literal. Um, It all was when you could pretty much if you ask for something in these medicines and if you do a pure heart intention, you know, these ceremonies will show you whatever you ask for, if if it's in line with what the universe wants. And, you know, I asked for the I asked for the raw truth pretty early on in these ceremonies and was hit with a, a lot of raw truth over the, you know, I'd unknowingly full unfolded over years. I thought I was going to be coming a vision or something like that, or, or just one ceremony, but unknowingly that, that one intention in and one of my early on ceremonies just culminated in a, a whole lot of uh, raw truth and understanding coming to me in, in a very uh, extreme way.
1: So before all of this and exploring the other side of things, you had not experienced anything out of the ordinary?
2: Not, I mean, I've got asked that so many times uh, for different interviews. Not that I can really think of, Heidi. I mean, when I was a kid, I remember growing up on a farm and being outside and like uh, shooting at a, a cloud that was coming uh, with my BB gun and the cloud turning the other way. And, you know, so I could stay outside so I didn't have to go inside or so it didn't get rained on. But, you know, things like that, um, you know, I ha- had a reoccurring dream, uh, where I was falling through the darkness and landed on a, a big, like uh, net that was made out of uh, galactic fiber. I remember having that as a young kid over and over again. Um, but, uh, sleepwalking, but I never, as I guess, as a kid, it, it wore off, you know, I got into sports and I started to go into the matrix, you know, of where, where the society steers us, uh, most of us and, you know, kind of got away from that, I guess. And when, you know, s- strongly into the 3d, obviously I was, you know, I was, a uh, in the military, I was a police officer for a while and really, uh, believed in all that, um, the, the matrix 3d propaganda.
1: Wow. But, so uh, you went from a, a police officer to going quite the opposite. That's, uh, going within instead of without. So that's quite a switch, but, you know, I I'm curious because a lot of people, of course, they, they question, well, how do you know this is any, anything real when it's was induced by uh, an outside element? And uh, I mean, what, what, what do you respond to people when they say that type of thing?
2: Well, I've had experiences, um, and native ceremonies without medicine, um, through fasting. Like uh, for instance, the Sundance, which is a four-day ceremony. You fast from sun up. Well, you fast. Uh, you fast the whole four days, uh, from sun up to sundown. You're dancing um, out. In, out in the sun it's done. It's normally done in. the in the middle of the summer. So it's normally done in July or August. So it's very hot. That ceremony, you can have visions that are very similar and you go to places. Once you start exploring uh, the spirit, the spirit world, you can start to go to places where with or without plant medicines, and you can start to recognize and, uh, and talking with other people, you can start to really see that there's actual places that exist out in the universe that um, are outside of the five senses of touch and feel and sense uh, with your eyes and everything. But there's uh, another sense where you can get there because there's the places that are described the same way by multiple people. And I've been, I've seen the same space through near death, through ceremonies with and without medicine and, um, you know, just spontaneously.
1: Wow. Um, okay. So this you touched on a subject that I'd definitely like to dive into further, probably in the next segment, because there's so much to, to say about near death experiences. But okay, so a lot of cultures have uh, uh, these ceremonies, and there must be something to them that uh, they, they're very spiritual. They're very sacred. And they're so widely used. And uh, I've heard across the centuries that these methods were used to connect with the spiritual side or to have an understanding on the other side. How would you explain and express what it is that people generally experience when they do join in some of these sacred ceremonies.
2: The easiest way to answer this question is to share a vision that I had at Sundance um, when I was dancing. So this uh, the Sundance, a very old Native Native American ceremony. You dance, sun up, sundown. You fast for the whole four days. And there's also a piercing involved, so you have. Uh, like uh, piercing in your chest, ropes attached to your chest and goes to a Sundance tree where all the Sundancers are dancing around. I had a vision here in the ceremony one time, and you can read more about it You um, in my books and all. I talk uh, more in depth about it, but um the vision I had in one of the ceremonies, I asked, I asked the spirits of this Sundance. Like there was like uh, this, the spirits were, I was in this space, I had a vision, and I asked them, what is the medicine? Like what is the power? What is the energy uh, behind the Sundance? And they showed me it was the heart. It was the heart of each of the people beating at the same beat. That was participating in the Sundance, viewing the Sundance. And it originated. So, another centerpiece for this the Sundance is a large drum. Uh, it's called, a, normally referred to as a, either grandfather or grandmother drum. If you've been to a powwow or know what a powwow is, the, yes, the, okay. drum, dr, the drums at a powwow. Um is it looks the same at a sundance, but it's 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 more sacred than it would be at a powwow. So you would never take a powwow drum to a sundance. The sundance drum would be a, its own drum that's only dedicated to that to that whatever ceremony is doing at that time. There's a people singing around that, and there's you know, 10, 20, 50, uh 20 people singing around it. Sometimes there's more than one drum, but it's all singing the same song and it's all beating at the same beat, and that technology. Um, of frequency and vibration actually gets the heartbeats of all everybody that's in earshot of it into the sink like if i was to tap on table right now within two minutes me and your heartbeat would match up to that beat whatever was tapping interesting it's it's just a natural occurrence right but the the medicine to the sundance is having a hundred people around a tree having someone giving a blood you know Was basically turns out to be a blood sacrifice and then tensions of healing, the healing, the planet. And, um, all their heart all beating at the same beat, uh, as explained to me by the spirits, that is the pure, that is the real power and energy of the Sundance.
1: So, but when a person goes into this trance to look at the other side, tell us what that is like, like what do people generally experience when they're uh, experiencing that?
2: You go through every emotion that you can think of. It's a lot. You go through a lot of gratitude. You go through humbleness. You go through, you're scared, obviously. And then you get to a point of, uh, you know, surrender, I guess. And it's the surrender to whatever happens. You know, people that Sundance really agree to give up their lives, really, for this prayer. If it, if it comes to that far, You know, they they will gladly give up their lives for that prayer because the the prayer of each Sundancer is really to create a miracle in this in this life through their pain. So they, so they give up four days of uh, a Sundancer gives up four days of his uh, comfort. And in return, the universe creates a miracle somewhere. And that, that Sundancer is never going to know where it happens or how it happens. or He's never going to get recognition for it. But he knows that it does happen somewhere. Extreme. That's
4: that's,
1: wow. That's OK, awesome. that's uh that's very extreme stuff. Wow. OK, so we're going to get to our next break. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hall on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.
4: Go to nix.com. That's K N I X.com.
3: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeart Radio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and I have my guest here, Drew Banky. We are speaking of sacred, uh, ritualistic, uh, interesting journeys that people have, and uh, one of the experiences that you mentioned briefly, Drew, is about your personal near-death experience and i am very curious to hear what your experience was about
2: i've had a few near deaths so really um had a few early on in my life that i, I really can't remember that well uh one was um, when, during my suicide attempt in 2014 i don't can't really recall a lot of that one This the last one that i can really recall is i I passed in, uh, the Sundance. So the Sundance, I was speaking of, uh, the last year in 2019, my second day of dancing. Um, I just, just really lost all energy and everything and had to stop long story short. I, I went into shock, um, and my heart stopped and the first 30 seconds to minute of it was very confusing. Um, I didn't really know what was happening. I, I heard someone say that uh, he has no heartbeat; he's not breathing. And at that point, I realized that they—well, th- I, I th- in my mind at that moment, I thought I was like, "They think I'm dead." I need to—I need to let them know I'm still alive. Like I'm making a lot of people worry. They're calling for you know, they're calling for a medic to come. Someone's uh, talking about calling nine one one. All this other stuff. People are crying. I was like. I need, I need to set up and let them know that I'm alive. And when I set up, I set out of my body. And it, it happened really, really fast, like the realization that I was dead. And then the acceptance happened really fast. I was like, okay, well, I'm dead. This is what's happening, you know. But um, I stayed around my body for a moment. Um, I couldn't – there was no uh, – vision but i could hear and i could sense everything just like me and you are talking right now so just like there's no video that uh we know were doing this interview with no video is just just as much as i'm here right now i was just as much there man i i just heard people working on my body i could sense more people coming around and um after after almost 7 minutes i come back into my body and um, recounted everything that people said about me, what they were doing around me. And while I was out, while, while I was in that space, while, during that seven minutes, while I was in that timeless space, um, and it, it's, uh, that's the best, best way I could describe a timeless space. But I started drifting away from my body. The only way I knew that I, I could, the voices around my body, the site where I died um, was getting smaller. And I started drifting away. So I knew I was going to quote unquote heaven or wherever, you know, I, I knew I was going somewhere else. The feeling that I was getting of where I was going was I felt like I was going home. I felt like I was going to see like my, my mom. I felt like I was going to see my grandma, like uh, that feeling like that I could remember as a kid, like getting in the car, going to see your grandma or something like that. Right. Right. That's the feeling I was getting of this, where I was heading. What I was getting on the opposite end, I was getting to review, um, you know, I have a new baby, I have a new baby, now. Hawk. He was born um, in January, but I have two other children uh, from a previous marriage, my wife and everything. And I started going into each of them and I was able to see what would happen if I were to go back to my body or if I was to continue on in this death process and my death was to become an actual death and i basically was given a choice and uh to either come back or go and i decided um given seeing seeing their response to my death uh my family's response to my death i was going to go back and but i i asked to be able to retain everything that i saw when i went back into my body so i could share it like i'm doing now um so I come back into my body and so can, I, set, I, can I stop I set, you right there. Yeah. So
1: you said that you had a life review essentially. Who were you conversing with?
2: Well ultimately myself, but like source of the universe and just just kind of seeing if I got everything done I needed to get done and and really ultimately what was good how, how my wife was gonna react and my children was gonna react. So you've
1: met your higher self, essentially, and reviewed your life. That's interesting. So what did all of this help in your lifetime when you uh, came back into your body and you you realized, wow, you know, this is what happened? And you said that it reminded you of a similar space and time as when you are on a sacred journey. What have you learned from being in this space?
2: So much, Heidi. Um, the list goes on. I guess the biggest lesson was I was granted my true sovereignty and I was able to release the fear of death, which I I believe that uh, through, through my journey, um, my truth is that all fears are some type of a different flavor of the fear of death. So once you release the fear of death, uh, it releases all fears and you're able to live a much freer life and you're able to experience uh, a life like you're, you're meant to, you're, 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 you know, once, once you release that fear of death and the, that's the, I believe that's the confines of the 3d manifestation, then you can start exploring outside that manifestation. I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest gifts from a near death. It really breaks the paradigm of existence. And, and re- I hear- re-
1: I hear a lot of people that speak of you know lessons of love and forgiveness and things of that nature. Was any of that emitted your way?
2: All that, all that. Um, but I, I, be, I really believe that uh, to really fully digest that, the fear of death is always overshadowing. So even even if you do experience love, you still have that fear of death that's overshadowing. So. Yeah, that's, for me, there's, like I said, there's an infinite amount of uh, lessons I've learned through this experience, I've, and uh, I've took uh, thousands of people on journeys, um, doctors, lawyers, politicians, uh, celebrities, and veterans, and all the way down to people that couldn't even afford ceremony. You know, I've never turned anyone away from ceremony, and um, because I believe that, you um, it's our God given right for it all to be here for all of us, you know, and this, this truth and light that, that fills uh, your being when, when you start to receive these understandings is uh, is priceless.
1: So it's an awakening experience. So a lot of people are becoming uh, diversified and unique and different. I have people got back to you about what it did for their lives. Can you share a story about one of them?
2: Oh, I mean, I, we, have, we have so many. I, I'm not going to mention anyone by name, but we've had so many people um, lives just turn around for the better. Um, we have a doctor, um, and I can't, I can't share, share his name. Uh, Dr. Brian Thornburg from Florida. He's done a couple ceremonies with us when we, when we were in, in Florida doing ceremonies uh, with ayahuasca and combo. And the understandings that it's really awesome for it's a really honor for for me and my wife to hold ceremony for the doctors and these people in the medical profession that come to us and they want to understand, like, Their work on a deeper level, you know, they want to understand the medical field, but they want to understand the energetic side of it too. You know, they want to understand the full implications of what's going on and these medicines and these these ways. uh, You know, ayahuasca is eight thousand years old uh, ceremony, and that carries a lot of information along with it, and it's been done um, by so many. And it's helped so many veterans and just people heal in general, you know, for PTSD traumas um, and just letting people release what's weighting them down, you know, quote unquote, some people call it karmic debt or whatever. People can release a lot of karmic debt in ayahuasca ceremony. And I think it's if it's doing good. I don't know if it's the answer or not, but I know it's doing good, Heidi.
1: I hear you. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, uh, definitely rant and rave about it. And of course there's a naysayers are like, well, of course you're, you're having an experience because it is uh, something that's not generally accepted And uh, Western society, you know, uh, it's off the maps, it's off the charts. And, you know, of course, so it, it's hard to um, imagine it ha- if you have not used something like that. I personally have not. Uh, so it's like, I, I hear these stories. I, I've, I've read, uh, you know, ancient um, ceremonies about why things like this were done. And it and it was uh, what I call kind of a, a spiritual cheat sheet, because you do kind of sneak ahead and get to see something and bring it back to you in this lifetime and you have better and more open understanding so it's uh it's a fascinating arena i surely have not explored but i've certainly heard a lot about
2: you know i have a yeah it's you know, it's not, it's a doorway. It's uh, one of the ways there's many ways to get there. Um, Plant medicines are not the only way. There's plenty of other ways you can get there through breath. You can get there through Wim Hof, you know, the list goes on and on, but I get the question a lot about what, what it drew. Is it placebo? Do you think? And my, my answer to that, Heidi, if you understand frequency and vibration, is there anything but placebo? I wouldn't know,
3: <laughs> you know,
2: you know if, if, yeah. if, if, if it's all, if it's all about intention, it's all about our the power of our word uh, and, and we're the real power that contained in us. Isn't the placebo, the real medicine. Yeah, I guess uh, the question is out
1: there. (laughs) Just as I've experienced some things that a lot of people can't relate to, there are always mysteries needing to be unraveled and to be experienced by individuals uh, better to judge. So I am never one to try to push something on somebody, uh, you know, if there's a desire to explore, go for it. Um, But it's never something that I personally push is to try any kind of a hallucinogenic type of... um, element but again this is uh, something that the ancients like to explore who's to say that it should be off limits or not it's a natural thing here in the world unlike a lot of medicines well all right, we're going to get to our next break you guys you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network stick around we'll be right back welcome back you are listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iHeartRadio radio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network and i have drew Banky, who is sharing about some of his adventures in uh sacred journeys and uh you know something that i find fascinating too again we're talking about people who have had these experiences uh through different rituals and uh you have had alien contacts and i'm curious if these are contacts that were inspired during one of your sacred journeys or how this transpired
2: i've had I've had experiences during ceremony. Uh, one of my I've, and I've had a, several experience. I've had more experiences outside of ceremony that I have in um, one in particular, um, and, and I write about this uh, in the books. Is the face to face encounter I had near Chaco Canyon? Um, this was this happened during a anniversary celebration. Me and my wife were having. I offered some. Prayer songs, some Native American prayer songs, to the canyon uh, in the evening when we were leaving, and went back to our B and uh, Had dinner, um, went to went to bed. Woke mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night, about two three o'clock in the morning. Um, buzzing in the ear, I could uh, really strong, you know, hair standing up on the back of my neck. Really, a, a, my intuitive senses were just going off the roof. Went to the back uh, yard of this Airbnb to have some tobacco and met uh, a shadow, what I perceived was a shadow at first. I turned around. There was no uh, street light behind me, there was no lights shining to make a shadow. I turned around to look at this, uh, what, I, what I thought was a shadow of myself. When I, I turned around and looked at it, the eyes opened up, and inside the eyes were stars and galaxies and my my consciousness i guess like went out of my body and dove into its eyes and started traveling through these galaxies just these massive downloads and of information that was too much for me to unfold then but um i later you know over the years i would have dreams and stuff unfolding this this vision and it was like uh visions of how the the universe started and how energy is connected and how the chakra systems are the basis for all of all of existence like everything's in existence has these chakra systems um just showing me all these downloads and this experience lasted like three seconds as soon as like my physical self like kicked in i I discontinued contact and ran, scared, ran inside, turned around, locked the door, just freaking out, just went into full panic mode, just not of scared of what it was, more startled, um, really wasn't prepared for that experience to just come up on me, you know, um, that turned out to be one of the pinnacle points of my journey. I had a dream about a week or two after this experience. Um, I, I didn't speak for a few days. I told my wife and everything right after it happened, but just really took a few days right after this happened to really collect my thoughts, didn't, didn't talk about it a lot and just really, um, pondered it a lot, you know, and it eventually, you know, the shock eventually wore off and kind of slid into the background of my thoughts, you know, it wasn't at the forefront. And it just as soon as it did, I had a dream. It was like a week or two after, where in the dream at night, you know, I was I was just sleeping regular and had this experience where I was the other being. I I was standing in the backyard on the deck, and I watched my physical self Drew, my, my the physical manifestation of Drew, walk out, uh, light his tobacco, and everything, and and turn and look at me, and it, that's when I got the really. The deep lesson of bilocation, understanding that we're multi dimensional beings operating in several different fields at the same time. So I, I really understood in a very deep way uh, in that moment that of dimensionality and that, that was that was probably the biggest lesson of that experience
1: so how do you explain that so a lot of people i've heard this conversation where people are like i'm here but i'm there as well how do you explain what what it is that you experienced uh we're literally living multiple lives at the same time how how does that go well
2: our our conscious has an infinite amount of fragments You know, and it can, it can be in multiple places. It can be in an infinite amount of places at the same time. And when we start to become more spiritual, we start to tap in, we start to get peaks into these other spaces and over, over our journey, we start to, we start to understand them. It's more than just a peak. We start to understand it more. We start to go in and we start to, we actually start to understand where we're at and how, how we're operating here uh, for me to articulate it um, in the time that we have left, it'd be very difficult, but all I can say, it's, it's, a, it's a knowing that, or it's a remembering, really, that, that comes over you. You know, this information and understandings, you, you realize, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are going are gonna to sympathize with this, that it's really not a relearning of anything, it's a remembering that we go through.
1: Yeah, that's actually something that I write about in my books. Uh it there's not enough time to learn everything. It's a recalling, that's something in our yeah. souls to pull forward. So in all the work that you do, obviously it's something you're super passionate about. Uh, what is it that you're hoping to get across? Like what's the what's the ultimate message if you could put it in a nutshell for all that
2: you're doing? We're here going through evolutionary shift. Um uh, we're we're going through Upgrade in our human body and existence through consciousness. That has it's if it has ever happened, it's been a very long time ago. And it's so this is a very extreme experience and a very um, profound experience we're going through right now. We're going through upgrade in our lifetimes. Um, so we're starting off in one dimensional field, and we're going to be a lot of us are going to upgrade and go into another dimensional field during our lifetimes. So it's an evolutionary shift in consciousness that's going to affect our physical bodies, um, and it already has started. Um, we're in the middle of it now. It's not—it's not a question of when it's happening. It's a—it's a question of uh, realizing it's actually happening right now. I believe. How, would,
1: how are we? Are we getting hints right now? Like what? Where are you seeing these changes?
2: If you everywhere around the world, uh, Ukraine. Uh, there's fires right now in Colorado that just started over the past few days. If you were to look at the earth as a being and what happens to uh, a human when it has the flu, we, we, we get hot, we puke, uh, we go through a purging process, we sweat, we sleep. Um, what would that look like if... if the planet was uh, a being like us and it was going through a change and it, it was releasing a bunch of things. This is exactly what it looked like. The universe is, is going through a purge. And um, if you, if you can't see, you need to open your eyes. Really. It's uh, it's, it's happening all around us. The universe is, is showing signs all around us.
1: Mankind joining in a war and fires happening. These are signs of uh, inspired changes in humankind and the planet.
2: I believe it could be it could be the end times or it could be the beginning times. I guess it's up to your perception of what what you believe or what you what you subscribe to. I subscribe to that this is this is the greatest change. This is the beginning of the golden age, the 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 crystal age. We're shifting from three D to five D um, dimensional fields. I think we're I think we're our vibrations as a species as a collective is rising along with the earth and everything around us.
1: Yeah, it's a very common theme. I'm hearing uh, from a lot of different people, uh, those who are practicing meditation and other things and or psychic mediums and or they're just so happen to read a person and it comes across there's something in their path that seems to be this shift going on. So it's coming from a lot of different arenas and it's uh, fascinating to hear. But how can people get a hold of you uh, if they want to learn more about your work or your book?
2: Uh, My first book is I'm Perfect and So Are You, uh, The Story of One Man's Journey to Oneness. And the second book is Find Your Inner Guru. Um, they're both a, co-authored by my co-author, Dr. Colleen Duron. And she's a retired neuropsychologist. And she she's does amazing work. Our website is the best way to contact me or find out about any of the past interviews I've done or uh, where I'm going to be at conferences coming up. Our website, sacredjourneyswithin.com uh journeys is spelled with i e s uh not a y because y was already taken so i I know it's the pronunciation is not right but that is our website and that's the best way to get in contact with us with me and my wife uh ella
1: wonderful well i want to thank you so much for coming on the show today drew this is fascinating
2: i appreciate heidi i appreciate your friendship and it was uh it was great time
1: Well, we have come to the bottom of another fabulous program. Remember, you guys, if there is something that you've experienced out of the ordinary, go to my main website, which is heidihollis.com or shadowfolks.com and literally as soon as you click on there you will see where you can fill in your experiences things that are on your mind or your research or if you would just want to comment about something that's been brought up on the show feel free to put it right there and I'm telling you the more details the better I'm always saying that because it really helps to paint a picture and you know I have to tell you guys I got an email from someone saying I I'm so sorry I did send you a repeat email and it's okay you know it happens and uh, sometimes I catch it most times I do not because again I like to just read these things like freestyle without having read them prior unless there's something in the front line that says hey look out for this, or don't mention me, or don't share this. So, yeah. So you guys, I will totally honor your anonymity, or if you don't want it shared as well, and you just want some advice, uh, I am here for all of that. And uh, you know, I really hope that you guys are learning as I am learning through the process of this program, because that is what it's about. This is what it's like to be a researcher in the paranormal. You interview people, you talk to them, you try to find out what's going on, you take the personal stories, and for me i keep my sense of humor all right and uh, also go to my comic that is a paranormal comic strip the outlanders you can follow me on instagram at the outlanders comic as well all right you guys you have been listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iheart radio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network we'll see you next time stay safe everybody
0: goodbye